when your viewer finishes that video, what do you want them to think or feel or have gotten like gleaned from your video, right? Uh -huh. So at the end of the video, I want them to leave the video saying, I understand codex better. Yeah. Or now I know what those numbers mean on an SD card. Yeah. And they've got that and they can go on the rest of it saying uh -huh. like, I know what this is now. Or if not, I know where the answer is and I'll bookmark it and I can go back to it or something. Yeah. It served a purpose. This is the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and welcome to the Polar Pro Studio. On the Golden Hour Podcast, we speak with filmmakers, photographers, influencers, and business owners about how to stay creative, how to be inspired, and how to build a business around doing what you love. On today's episode, we speak with a guy who's built a business around doing what he loves, testing and reviewing camera gear to its nth degree. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Gerald Undone. On YouTube, Gerald goes into depth testing and reviewing camera gear and equipment, as well as technology and other things related to the filmmaking industry. Essentially, if you ever wanna learn something about a piece of camera tech, you definitely need to check out Gerald's video because you know that he will go into crazy good detail about that product. Gerald has built up a large following of people over the last couple of years, and his channel is growing substantially in the last several months. So it was a real honor to interview Gerald on the Golden Hour podcast, he came all the way from Canada to California to do a Panasonic event. So we made sure to snag him and do an interview with him on this episode. So make sure to hit him up on Twitter and Instagram at Gerald Undone and let him know that you're a fan of the podcast and you're a fan of this interview. Well, if you like it, at least. So anyways, let's listen in to the interview and then you could DM Gerald and tell him, hey, great job. All right, so we're here. We're here to get undone with the one, the only... Mr. Gerald Undone. If you're not watching the visual uh, podcast, aka the video podcast, <laughs> <laughs> we actually have. What did, what did you bring? You brought a little prop for us. I did, yeah. So I brought a Rubik's cube. Uh -huh. Which uh, my viewers know that this is probably my most filmed subject. <laughs> yeah. In my it's like if if I had an assistant, it would be the Rubik's cube would be yeah. subbed in for the assistant instead. And then I brought a light, which. Uh, Purple has been, it's been established as like it's a purple color. light. So purple light. literally, our whole little scene right now has a nice little undone hue, I and mean, it's battery powered. Uh, so hopefully, it'll last throughout this podcast. Yeah, it's charged up. We'll see. Yeah. So we'll just let it. We'll just let it light up this little corner here because Joshio brought his little make art. Now That's right. Poster. I have to compete with Joshio. Can't just yeah. bring the only one bringing lights. <laughs> this I'm bringing it purple. So Gerald. Uh, you're an awesome guy. We met at NAB this year yeah. in person for the first time, but we've talked on the internet over the last couple of months or so. And uh, I love your channel. For anybody who doesn't know about Gerald Dunn, I urge you to go check out his channel. Uh, well over 75,000 subscribers. You're doing well for yourself, full-time YouTube creator. How's it going? How's everything going with your channel right now? Good. Do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a good chat. Yeah. <laughs> Things are going good. Actually, I'm going to cancel it. I'm going to delete it tomorrow, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, there's a lot of learning to be done yeah. every step of the way. So I feel like, you know, ask me again in a week and it'll probably give you like a different <laughs> update. As of right now, it's yeah. everything's going great. It's been going great for a while. Like, I don't have anything to complain about. Uh, exciting. Like I said, the growth isn't some crazy thing for YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like I'm a million subs in a week kind of craziness that happens. Yeah. But it's it's growing fast enough that I have to like learn sort of the new challenges as it goes. Yeah. And enough to keep me on my toes where it's, you know, there's no period of complacency where it's like I get used to what I've been doing for the last little while. It's like, oh, now there's new hurdles that come along with, yeah. you know, either brands that want to work with you or something where 
you get different opportunities and you didn't know so this it's fun it's it's a fun exciting time so you might not know this but a lot of other youtubers do talk about you in the sense that like yeah if somebody has a question about something i just send them a link to gerald's video and i've i've definitely done that with like nd filters you did a great one on the polar pro vnd comparing it to other filters uh you've done that with other camera reviews and stuff and basically you do stuff that i feel like a lot of other youtube creators just don't maybe care enough about or don't have the time to do you just you'll take a product and exhaust it and like go over every like detail that. every single thing that you need to know about it and you compare it really well to other things and somehow you make it entertaining i don't know how you do it but i think it's just you as a person tell me about just your process of how you started your channel why you chose to go this direction with it and just kind of your process of making youtube videos well, first, that's really flattering. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> yeah, an awesome, awesome description. I record that and make that my channel trailer from now on. <laughs> yeah. um, so how I, how I got started and what I'm doing now? Yeah. Well, to make a long story into a short one, I started... We got an hour. Okay. <laughs> Buckle up. We got a long story. Um, it was actually it was a different channel. About uh, It was actually it was August 2016, so wow. right around three years ago. Just yeah. over three years ago. And uh, it was... I think whatever what, what a lot of YouTubers started out when YouTube started, you know, like sketch comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, I did um, some music covers. Uh -huh. uh, you know, like a sort of a weird like news show. You didn't like, tell yeah, me that. Yeah, well, th that's part of the intro. You know, if you want to get into yeah, that or whatever. We, by the way, just context, guys. We had about an hour and a half drive to get here today. So Gerald and his, uh, and his uh, significant other were staying at. Uh, where are you staying? You're in like it's Universal, Universal. City, yeah. and we're in Costa Mesa. It was literally like. An hour and a half away yeah. and uh we tried to restrain talking about like everything and i was telling you about some comedy and sketches and music videos and you didn't even mention this i was holding back on you uh, okay so, so tell me about that um yeah so you know just if you if you imagine sort of like older cringy youtube yeah i did a lot of that and, <laughs> and i had fun with it and julie was uh, a big i guess like advocated for that because yeah. she thinks I'm funny. I don't know if I don't know if she's right, but like, you know, I entertain her. Yeah. So I basically made videos that entertained us. Uh -huh. And there was a few hundred other people uh -huh. that were also <laughs> equally entertained. But yeah. that was I think the cap of that yeah. market was uh -huh. like that. <laughs> and in that Just inside jokes. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, the people who maybe had the same it this stuff was pretty absurd, keep uh -huh. in mind. Like I like to refer to it as like David Lynch comedy. Yeah. If you will, you know, it's like pretty absurd stuff. And that's where the he's crazy thing comes from. Is it oh, fit that well? He's crazy. Exactly. But uh, yeah, because I've I've listened to your intro multiple times watching your videos. I'm like, I don't know. Gerald's pretty reasonable guy. Crazy, he's not right? that crazy. There's a way that I apply it now, which is that <laughs> yeah. you'd have to be crazy to, like you said, exhaust a piece of <laughs> yeah. gear. You know, it's like who's got time for that? You know? exactly. Well, that crazy guy over there does. Exactly. But when you watch the video, it seems organized and and you know yeah. pretty thought out. So he's not mm -hmm. crazy. But it's what happens before you saw the video that makes it pretty crazy. Totally. But the videos prior to that, uh -huh. no, they were crazy. Yeah. The video was crazy. Uh -huh. <laughs> so in that, though, I also thought, because I was kind of inspired, like I think every other person on the platform now, was by Casey Neistat at the time. I yeah. thought it was interesting how he's documenting a lot of the goings-on of the making of the videos as well. Yeah. Well, he's got a new camera. He's just got this lens and how that one works. And so I thought, well, I can do a little bit of that, too, because we were running a photography business at the same time. Uh -huh. So I had access to gear, I, you know, so... Here's the gear I'm using. Here's something we're going to buy. Here's this problem I have with that thing. And in that, there was a huge uh, disparity in the views between the absurd comedy videos uh -huh. and the ones that were related to the gear. 
and oh. it would be something like 160 views, 110 views, 200 views, 150,000 views. Wow. And, so, <laughs> and that happened in a cycle like that probably every month. And yeah. So eventually... It's it quite t- a jump. <laughs> it, took, it took me a while. But uh-huh. eventually I succumbed and just said, fine, I'll give you the videos that you want because <laughs> you clearly don't want my crazy videos. Yeah. Um, so that was how we are where we are now. Gotcha. Eventually I trimmed out the other stuff from the channel. Those videos before you go looking for them, they're all like gone <laughs> <Unlisted>. now. <laughs> to keep the channel making a little bit more sense to a new viewer. Sure. Because like, yeah. variety content, uh-huh. if, I'm sure you know, but like if I had advice now, a channel has to have a purpose. You exactly. can't make variety content. Some right? sort of niche. So yeah. I got it out of there. So the channel now, if you looked at it, it looks like an organized you know, yeah. technology. Cre- I call it creative technology because I don't like to just do just camera reviews. Yeah. But that's what it that's what it is now i love that and that's how we go creative technology i'm gonna use that one no it's it's copyrighted by me actually it's not <laughs> there is a brand called creative technology oh really audio equipment they made like sound blaster oh, and all dang. that stuff you know that's cool that's yeah. pretty creative <laughs> that's pretty creative tech yeah it's creative to steal another idea no, just... yeah <laughs> yeah i call it uh what i call it camera and tech entertainment that's what i call I like it. it that makes and, sense i don't know but uh so was so that wasn't ever your intention to do gear stuff but have you always been like a gear guy yeah but the the camera part of it i'd uh-huh. say was more focused more recently when i say recently i mean probably like the last six or seven years yeah i was into cameras for personal reasons that sounds really weird you know like, <laughs> it was personal um, yeah, yeah, yeah i don't sure. want to talk about it <laughs> but no not for like professional it was like i yeah. i shot video and i like doing it making wacky videos even when i was a kid and stuff like that. and i had like cameras and i would take photos for myself kind of like what people do like hobbyists just for yourself right yeah so i was into that but i never really i didn't think there was much to it mm-hmm. know, especially with film cameras you know yeah it's a film camera whatever you take the phone takes the photo you move on right exactly but i was big into like computers and uh-huh. technology on that side that's like so i'm a super computer nerd always yeah. have been when i was a kid it's like i was like the first kid to get a cd burner oh, the first wow. kid you know like, <laughs> like i was always on the on the leading yeah. edge of that did luckily. you build uh, pcs and stuff absolutely yeah, like, me too all through you know yeah. my life loved it and so when later on when the like digital photography business thing which was later that was we're talking about 2013 for me yeah but uh julie had been doing it for years and years but when we started doing that one together i was like uh wow these things are much more advanced and a lot more computery yeah than they used to be and i just i think i like stuck to them yeah like just tinkering with everything and like trying to maximize it just like with computer you know not so much like overclocking like with computers Uh or like benchmarking but trying to get the most out of a camera as you could on the software side Uh of it and I just kind of fell in love with the tech. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like that's exactly what you're doing now with your videos in a way. The way you just described that with your interest, you your videos are geared around how to get the most out of whatever that thing is you're you're talking about. And that's what I love about your content. So it's a computer nerd with cameras now. Exactly is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. So, and I think people took to those videos. Yeah, and at first, I think at first it felt a little bit like like some kind of you know, oh, I'm getting pigeonholed into some kind of you know thing but now it's like eh I yeah. like it I enjoy it and people seem to like me talking about it so yeah it's good it's a so, good thing so on your about section on Facebook oh geez haven't read that in a while you write about the journey you've had growing up from being a class clown to then uh, falling more in a serious role as you've entered your 30s tell me about that journey obviously you talked about the sketches and stuff have you always kind of been a, a goofy dude yeah growing up and stuff <laughs> yeah. tell me about that well that's pretty much it. i've been a goofy dude growing up <laughs> <laughs> um i the, the 
Yeah, I was I was probably a trouble student in terms of yeah hard to hard to focus. Like I I liked learning and I was I was good at school. Like when it came time to test me, mm-hmm. you know, I'd excel at tests and stuff like that. Um, so, but the actual like being behaved, I was just like always off the walls. Yeah. If it wasn't jokes or goofing around, I wasn't. You know, what was the point? Do you have siblings? I do, but there's a gap. I like all my siblings are much older, like minimum of ten years. Really? Yeah. Ten years is the next. Sorry, the next. So you're, you're the youngest. Yeah, by by ten, by ten by, years. By ten years. So by the time you were old enough to go to school, they were like gone. Yeah, I basically grew up an only child in basically, a sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're there for some things, but I didn't grow up. You know, with that brother that you have to uh-huh. like fight over toys with. I don't know what yeah. siblings are like, but exactly. I've, I've seen movies. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't have that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it was kind of like an only child, and I think I think I lived in only. If there was some sort of psychology evaluation here, yeah. I think I'm an only child on paper. Uh-huh. You know, so. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I was a bit of a goofball. So being sure. goofy got you attention and whatever, right? I think that was the the idea. Yeah. Yeah. If we're gonna go into psychology, exactly. I'm definitely no expert, but uh, but that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, the teachers told me that thing where it's like, oh, he just he learns too fast that he's bored, and we need to stimulate him and stuff. Yeah. Him. But I wonder if that was partly true and partly that I was just a dink. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate to that. I was very similar. Gerald Undone is that? Did that name come out of anything from your childhood, or did you just kind of come up with it? Or no, it was the... it was yeah. Just let's let's figure out a name. I knew some. Pitfalls. Is your name Gerald? My name is Gerald. Okay. That's, that's legit. <laughs> it's not my last name, although some people think it is. And at this point, sure, it is. Yeah, you know, we'll go with it. Yeah. Um, because when it comes to like getting badges for events, and when you tell yeah. people it is, like it's easier just to because it's not a. Well, same here. I'm Dave Mays. That's not my. Na- that's not my ex- last name. Exactly, but yeah. it's it sounds like a name, so we'll go with it. You yeah, know what I mean? If exactly. It, if your name was like, you know, Bricklaying 101, <laughs> that, that'd be a weird name. You wouldn't call yeah. yourself that. You know Although I mean? PewDiePie, I guess, right? Yeah, I get there's examples that work, but for the most part, so. It, and that's that's related to the idea is that I knew some of the pitfalls of coming up with a name. Uh-huh. Um, so I tried to craft one that I thought mm. would, I want it to be a name because like you know we talked about Casey Neistat right? Yeah, it's a name. It's uh-huh. his name. It so happens it, to be a great name that he was born with. Yes, but, but if it works name. out well, then you're still Casey Neistat. You can do whatever Casey Neistat wants to do, and that's your name, right? Exactly. Um, but so I wanted that, but I also wanted it because I'm not Casey Neistat. I wanted yeah. it to be something that would maybe be something kind of memorable or something that you could associate in some way so i had this whole you know whatever people do when they write everything down and like, uh-huh. you know those charts or the brain brain charts i was doing brain charts <laughs> that's Dave. so cool that's not a thing <laughs> <laughs> no i've done that uh what i do it with voice memos when you when you like when you make a there's like a word for it. it's like a drawing i know exactly what you're talking about it looks block, like uh you yeah you draw circles and you just do lines out of that and then uh you come up with ideas and you compare there's a name for it yeah. somebody listening is exactly. shouting like, at the radio idiots. right now it's so obvious, you know? <laughs> anyway so i you know a bunch of crafting different names and there was a bunch that ended up being terrible and then you feel them out but the idea was that it's my name gerald so i get to have that part uh-huh it's not restricted to anything specific uh-huh. like the whole bricklaying 101 what if i don't want to do bricklaying anymore <laughs> yeah. then my name's useless right? exactly and then um the undone thing fit originally into the idea of uh-huh. the crazy content it's like this guy must be losing his mind he must be coming undone and then at the same time uh there was this 
idea, which kind of works now into the modern thing of if I want to take things apart, if I want to look at things closer. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's open enough that you can make your own interpretations of them. And every one that I've heard, because uh-huh. people make like memes and things in the comments, they yeah. all fit well and I like them all. Where That's it's like, cool. oh, he really undid that one or that yeah. video has been completely undone or that topic's been, it's like, yeah, it all works. So yeah, I'm exactly. Happy. The name seems to have worked. Yeah. But you take a chance, right? When you come up with it, you're like, yeah. oh, is this going to work? Well, it's, so, a great, it's a great name. Uh, you've tied it in really well to every video with your intro let's get undone i love that it's such a great setup and uh and then you've got a great little meme that you've added to all of your videos i think i don't know if it's on every single one but you basically have the audience give you like a tagline of what you are in that particular episode um can you share some of your favorite ones from those funny little memes that people yeah, so write? Yeah, it's like sometimes they're me. But what do you call it? What do you call that segment? Like a greeting. A greeting. Because I used to have a different greeting that uh, we were chatting with us for a second, but we but I didn't like. Again, you didn't we like, saved it for the podcast. Right? Yeah, we used to have a different greeting. It was just like a hello, and. I had some feedback on that, which wasn't overly positive. But the thing is, some people love it, and some people still love it, and some people wish I brought it back. That's the thing with YouTube. If you, oh, ever, yeah. if you ever stop doing something you think people hate, the people who loved it will tell you, hey, why'd you get rid of that? Because they're like old school fanboys, right? Exactly. So. And I love that, but I think that there was a point that the complainers had. Now, I would usually say, don't listen, don't change yourself based on negative comments. Sure. Because then you'll be nobody by the end of it, right? Yeah. But there, this one, if I looked at the numbers, there was there was something to it. And it's the same thing you were talking about with, you know, yeah. the flourishes that you did. So before we started this podcast, just so people have context, I was talking about how on the Kinotika videos that I would make, I had a full little theme song intro that I did. And, you know, I felt like a TV show when I would put it on there. But I looked at my analytics and I would have like 30, 40% drop off yeah. of retention as soon as that hit. I literally just took that out and boom, I kept all that retention like immediately so i was like oh okay well i gotta get rid of that originally i was following this formula that you know you need to have some kind of catchy intro thing and that was like based on the gaming channels you remember like jacksepticeye has that like you know yeah. slaps like high fives the the yeah. camera and he has like his like irish sort of thing and then Pew- uh, or uh, philip defranco i philip guess DeFranco. Has own- yeah and and you know what um there's a lot of channels that get accused of like uh, you know copying different things if there's a channel that i've probably like consciously or subconsciously modeled myself after the most it's actually probably philip defranco yeah content wise not at all but i love the like symmetrical sets the, the fast framing. talking yeah the quick jump cuts like keep up yeah, yeah. and the framing and the, yeah and i was like he's got an intro he's got an outro he's got an end card he's got a thing and i was like this is this is the type of content it's that i system. enjoy watching yeah. and my watch time is the highest on philip defranco videos i find uh, yeah. that outside of tech sure. so i thought what if you could do that kind of format in tech maybe it'd be cool and so I think a lot of it came from that. But I used to do, uh, what is happening? And I would make this like <laughs> this this like sound would come. I don't remember I, that. I would yeah. do like a weird two finger salute, uh-huh. uh, which for the YouTube um, channel membership things, I'd have like an emoji that's like a purple two finger salute thing, which oh, I nice. kept because it's like a little nod, to, like you said to the OG fans or whatever. Yeah. And it would make kind of like it's called the it's a foley, it's a famous foley sound called like karate punch or karate uh-huh. kick, and it's someone that's like funk like that uh-huh. and I, uh, so I would, it would be like what is happening as I brought my fingers I'd be like sunk or like maybe yeah. like a sound like that and I thought <laughs> okay whatever but the thing is if you don't know who I am so it's like I said some people love that but if you don't know who I am I'm some guy who you clicked on a video <laughs> and you're like I want to know the answer of what's the best way to set yeah. your focus settings or whatever and then you got this guy yelling at you cracking his voice <laughs> with falsetto what? yeah like what is <laughs> and I was like, you know, it makes sense that some people yeah. would go to the comments and be like, yeah. shut up. You know, I don't know who you are. 
And so it's one of those things where you have it makes it where you have to win them back almost on yeah. the first impression. It's like so sure. you, you were obnoxious and now you have to convince them that you're worth watching so that then the obnoxious thing becomes charming later on. Yeah. And it puts more work on a new viewer. And I found that That's on, good point. Yeah. on videos that because you get some videos that do well and you know that you got some new subscribers based solely on that one video, right? Yeah. Since making the intro what your actual question was, like I took us on a little detour here about the, 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 the comments that people leave to be included in the greeting, I guess is what I call it. You uh -huh. said, what do I call it? It's like a greeting. Like, yeah. what do you want the next intro or the next greeting to be? Um, since that, the engagement is better because people aren't, uh, they don't find it as obnoxious. Yeah. And I also get away with saying obnoxious things because I didn't say it. Yeah, Somebody so, else submitted it. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing fan service here. Yeah. But it also lets me say wacky things, which I really enjoy. Yeah. And some of them are great. I get to pick and choose the ones. Yeah. But of some course. of them are great. And uh, I get to say wacky things. It's not that I came up with it, they submitted it. And I think for other people, they view it instead of some obnoxious YouTuber, it's a guy who reads the comments. Yeah. And I think that's worth something because now what they type in is not your intro is obnoxious. They go, I have a question. Or. I have an intro idea for yeah. you, you know, which is <laughs> exactly. which is fine because they're participating. And I have found that there's, analytic wise, less drop off uh -huh. that first like five seconds in the route because this guy's annoying, uh -huh. and more uh, sort of acquisition of subscribers based on videos that would have been their first time, and I never would have like I won them on that one video. Yeah, I win them more on videos since not doing that. Nice. So. That's it's, great. It's always hard to look at analytics and know for sure. Yeah. But I'm going to say it's working. So what are some of uh, the funny oh, intros yeah. that you remember I like, off the top of your head? So the two that I like the most would either be ones that are completely absurd, because like it lets me throw back. Some would uh -huh. be, I just got one recently, someone who's like, if it ain't fixed, don't break it. I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but that's going in. I got another one that, uh, oh, we were just talking about it. But... Uh, and the, the, other, the other ones that I like are ones that are fun references because I like to throw them in there because the people will be like, oh, I know that movie or I know that scene. Uh -huh. So my favorite ones of those ones is there's an old uh, Chevy Chase one where he used to say, um, uh, I think it was on when he did Weekend Update or whatever that was on SNL. He used mm -hmm. to say, you know, I like, hello, and I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. And I was so that was great. So somebody gave me that one, and I was so happy because a long time ago I was like, I hope somebody gives me that, and I had to wait months. Yeah. There was another one recently that made me chuckle that was uh, – Oh, you know what one I got that was kind of cute was like there was a new Iron Man uh, I Love You 3000 one and uh -huh. I was like that's kind of weird but then I did it as my intro because I thought that was kind of funny you know because yeah. I would say I'm Gerald and Dunn and I Love You 3000 I thought that was kind of funny you know? <laughs> yeah yeah and then it just got filled up with Avengers oh like this one do this and this and it was like every line from the Avengers you ever thought of is like, yeah. just like filled with the comments so, so I like the movies, movie ones yeah and then I got this one which was so timely because I was gonna make a video on some LUT comparisons, yeah. and somebody said, uh, I like big LUTs and I cannot lie. <laughs> so I was like, how can that not go in the next yeah. time I talk about LUTs, right? That's perfect. So, things like that, there's some clever ones out there. Movie references are great, and then just the completely absurd ones that make no sense yeah. are funny too. So there's, a, there's just a format to your videos, and I wanna just kinda of break it down for anybody who you know is listening to this, who's inspired and wants to maybe start their own channel. But there is a format that I can see with what you're doing where you really are, like like you said, you're taking notes from people if it's a good note, but you're still doing like what you naturally are good at doing, which I think is uh, just, again, really doing your research, really understanding the product and talking about it from like an authority of, I know what I'm talking about, 
and I'm going to just tell you for the next 10 minutes, I'm not going to waste your time and you're going to get a ton of information to walk away from to make a purchasing decision that is educated and uh, thought out because I've done all that work for you. That's kind of like what makes your stuff so great. You're not just getting a product and making a video like instantaneously like what I do. I just want to know your process. Do you script it? Do you make bullet points? Do you memorize lines? Do you just improvise everything? What's kind of your process when you get a product that you know you want to do a video on? Yeah, so it's scripted for sure. Um, but there's sometimes there's like an impossibility to the script. I used to do videos where I would script the whole thing and it would become a nightmare because I would I think I would feel forced because the script would be good yeah. compared to what I would just wing. Like that's that's a better sentence. Yeah. I like to think I'm reasonably good at talking. You can tell by that <laughs> terrible sentence. I'm reasonably uh, okay at talking, yeah. I think. <laughs> I'm, a good, I'm a good talkist, you know, on Wednesdays. Uh, so, but the script would be really, really good. It would be efficient as well. Yeah. No wasted words, good sentences. And uh, if I wrote it out, I could sometimes have like a 14-page script. And then I would think, well, I got to say it this way because what I'm going to do now, just not say it that way when I wrote it. And then it becomes a worse sentence and you, go, you end up going back. So I thought that's good it's it's too long i'm talking like three hour recording sessions for a roll and stuff like that. Like just too long Jeez. uh so I, I trimmed it back to a much tighter like one two page script with sort of like i'd have a lot of like like parenthetical parts where it would be like this is where you talk about your personal experience with autofocus or something like that yeah. you know what i mean and that would cue me enough to do it and i think maybe it gives it a little bit less of that like get ready because i'm about to tell you a whole bunch of facts yeah. real fast uh -huh. maybe gives people a little bit of reprieve when i do that whole like personal anecdote part but it's still pretty structured in terms of yeah and that structure comes from before when i get the so let's just say i get a camera body right uh -huh. the first thing i'll do is i'll just like take it apart software wise like uh -huh. i'll look at every single item in the menu and anything that I don't know what it is, I write it down and then I look up every single item in the menu on the manual. Wow. And if there's some sort of, you know, problem there, then that's something worth talking about. This this thing doesn't make any sense, it's not in the manual. Or the manual says it's supposed to do this and it doesn't do that. Then I go, well, let's see if I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. And if already at that stage, that means that's something potentially worth talking about because I already spent that amount of time. Yeah. What if you have the camera on shoot, you're going to get out your phone and download a PDF for the manual, like yeah. zoom in and no, right? So yeah. already you have a problem. And then I'll make sure that you can do it, but you have to know the quirks. This uh -huh. has to be turned off while that is turned on. You have to be holding these three buttons at the same time and rub it against your chin <laughs> in order for that thing to turn on. Yeah, yeah. And I'll make a video about that. Uh -huh. But ultimately these things add up into sort of like all the quirks, mm -hmm. if you will, or potentially some kind of bug. And doing all this will help you, I guess, know what to test uh -huh. when new firmware comes out when the next body comes out whatever so i kind of have like a running list of yeah. quirks and bugs and things and it also helps you i guess better understand that gear but that only gets you so far then you have to use it and see yeah. if weird obstacles come up and a lot of uh i'd say channels are good at this they, they take it out shooting and they notice yeah. that they're not happy with the low uh, low light performance high iso, high iso performance or something like that they'll experience that so then we'll do tests based on that and you, you kind of develop a list of these are the things that bug people the most so we'll compare those notes yeah and what i like to do is try and find the most fair even even i guess playing field comparisons yeah. that i can do because there's Pro comparisons are hard yeah because price point is a big as exactly. aspect of that if you're comparing a thousand dollar camera to a 
one DX Mark II or whatever, you know, w- yeah. whatever. That's actually not a great comparison because that's a really crappy camera for the price. But, but at one point, it was a seven thousand or five thousand dollar camera <laughs> versus a you know two thousand dollar camera that could have been out. Yeah, exactly. And so there's always that aspect that's who's the customer. And so mm-hmm. I always have a section for value, and value is difficult to apply because there's a lot of subjectivity to it. So yeah. I have to try and provide some kind of objective value to if you're doing this. Mm-hmm is this worth that much money to that compared to, like you said, a 1DX Mark II or whatever at that time? Um, and I can only do that if I have like a criteria and hopefully the criteria I developed based on what other people find to be important. Yeah. So then you kind of have these profiles in your head of there's this type of shooter, there's that type of shooter, and this is their key criteria. Now, hopefully I can make a video or a comparison that will answer a potential question mm-hmm. that that made up person might have about that specific criteria. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's a reach and it's a flop. And other times you do something that you think this is so small that it's not going to matter. And you get a video that, you know, pops 50,000 views in the first few days. Yeah. And the comments are like, thank you so much for doing that. And you go, okay, I guess make a note of that. People care about this in that. Per- and I know this is really vague what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's because we. What'd could- you say? Exactly. But because Did we you could- say vague? Yeah, vague. Oh. <laughs> There's a Canada word there. Yeah. Is that you pronounce it differently? Vague. 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 Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, um, sorry. I was like. It threw wait. me off. <laughs> and I thought threw- you were making a joke. Like, no, no. I'm speaking really vague. You're like, what? I wasn't listening. I thought, I thought that was the joke you were doing. No. Um, <laughs> the way you said vague was very vague to me. <laughs> Um, so in our american audience <laughs> true fair enough so the the thing is that um the, the the this whole thing is too there's too many examples that we can provide we'd be talking about microphone we'd be talking about a light whatever yeah. so it's tough and then then you get into price points and that kind of thing so it could be look it comes out of this that costs a thousand dollars more yeah but it completely solves that yeah I'm doing a lot of that uh-huh. Is it worth a thousand bucks to you? Yeah. Everybody else who's not doing that, exactly. you don't need that. Don't put a thousand bucks in that. Yeah. But everybody wants the perfect camera, the perfect whatever. Yeah. It's not that. There's a thousand dollars more for that thing. And how important <laughs> is that thing to you? Uh-huh. All I can really do is show you how much better that one criteria is because of that extra thousand dollars. And you yeah. can hopefully look at it, think this guy's making an honest test. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe maybe you're just really into how the quality of noise is on a camera. Sure. And I show you two noise samples on YouTube, yeah. you know, which is already <laughs> compressed. And you go like, wow, I will pay $500 for that better noise. Thank, yeah. thank you for the, exactly. for the time, you know. like that's, that's what it is. But you only get there. Otherwise, it's a crapshoot if you really... Like, like I said, you kind of have to collect data. And that's the part that, you know, you, you and other people yeah. like, so like to sort of... T- it's, not a, it's not a tease... It, but it's a little bit of a tease of like that that Gerald guy he likes the he likes the data or whatever you know what I mean <laughs> just the basic idea but I do I like it so is your channel all about like uh, having an archive of things that people like are you thinking long term about a lot of your videos too like yeah. uh, this is going to be something that two years from now when somebody's able to afford this product when it's second hand maybe they'll discover this and you know, because you are talking about specific things, and, but yet for some reason I still want to watch all your videos, even though I'm not interested in a lot of the content you're talking about in terms of buying X. You know, like I don't want to, I don't have a pocket 4K. Yeah. I don't want to buy a pocket 4K, but I've watched all your pocket 4K videos. Well, that's that's, that's one of the big compliments I think that I can get because I know 
I know that I'm going to talk about a few different things yeah. and that the videos are going to be the risk, the, the worries that they're going to be dry and long to yeah. somebody who's not buying that thing, you know? So when somebody says, I'm not buying that thing and I watched your video and I liked it, it's like, thank you. Because <laughs> the people who will then will probably really like it. You know, yeah. so if, if you like it and you don't even exactly. care, then that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but then you also got the long term of what I was saying too, of just having a database of all these searchable videos for that, sure. you know, over time are going to gain more views. And Evergreen content, right? Yeah, that's, exactly. That's good stuff. There is a bit of a blind spot though, maybe in my content we just said about, because uh, I do establish a bit of a, like, long-term thought process, but not so much for what you just said of uh, maybe that camera when it's secondhand or when it's older uh -huh. and, and has some money off. Now maybe the value situation changes. I feel like I often... Have you ever done a six months later or something like that? But never for updating, updated pricing unless it was made apparently obvious. Like I've been talking a lot about the Sigma 18 to 35. Did I just give you an idea? You didn't, but you, you, you have a fair point. It's, it's like, I should acknowledge that, that like that. I don't think I could also integrate that. I just feel sure. like, cause like you said, there's the next one and the next one, and the next one. Right. Yeah. I feel like if I also had to track these over time, yeah. that it would be so much. I still get uh, comments on like my very first two reviews, you know, the SL two was the first camera review Update I ever videos did. could be fun though where you're like is yeah. this now if I guess if you follow it like the you looked you found it that that thing is still selling yeah. new but now at a, at a significant yeah, that, reduction that freaking Canon M50 it's yeah. just it's an it's never ending everybody wants to buy the Canon M50 so I guess I have done a couple <laughs> like later on videos you uh -huh. know when something else comes out that the, that the only thing that really compare it is still an older camera from another brand so yeah. I've done those but maybe I should do more because do sometimes people do comment and they say, but you know, you can still get the version two of that compared to the version three for half the price and, and that's a good buy right now. And often I don't have a strong opinion on that because I, I haven't considered that camera in a long time and I don't, yeah. know if, I don't know if I would even think of it the same way. I'd have to go back and sort of like reevaluate it. From your 2019 perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Now that you know what you know is going on. For the price, it's half price and now... Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think you could just think back because then you, you don't know if your memory is even... Yeah. Did you have a... Were you like really loving that camera at that mm -hmm. time? And well, yeah, I everybody always talks about the five D Mark Three. Yeah, I love the five D Mark Three. Oh, of course. If I had to use it right now, I don't know what I would think. Would I still like it? I think this camera sucks. You yeah, know, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So I have a memory of the five D Mark Three being fantastic, but if somebody said I can get a five D Mark Three for five hundred dollars, I, I don't know, right? Let's just say they said that. Uh -huh. I'd think, what can you buy for five hundred dollars right now? But I'd be comparing my memory of the five D Mark Three for five hundred dollars compared to what's <laughs> yeah. that. That's not worth anything. Yeah, exactly. So my blind spot is probably that I don't do a lot of that. Let's go back and get that in this case, yeah. that five D Mark Three. Uh -huh. And there are some channels that do that and they seem to be fun videos. Yeah, Caleb Pike, uh, again we've talked about him a couple times. He does like the vintage stuff, but I mean, he also goes vintage, vintage, right? But yeah, yeah he does do some videos of like rounding up some some older. And I, I like or like uh, five cameras under five hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, and often they're like eBay specials and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. And yeah. I do like those kinds of videos. I love his mentality because it's all about serving the audience. It's not about serving a brand or, you know, helping a brand. It's always about what is my audience gonna enjoy watching. What's something I can add value to their life. And that that's what we should all be doing. Yeah, there's a lot to learn from Caleb's ethics, I think, when yeah. it comes to this game. The uh, One of the things that I've always 
try to well one of the things that i've tried to do since the switch i shouldn't say always try to do is be useful with my content uh-huh. my original content wasn't useful you know? <laughs> unless entertainment that's why i say that in all my videos i hope you found this video helpful or at least entertaining you know because yeah. if it's not helpful hopefully you got a smile or something out of it even if it's that silly intro you know yeah is that i think being useful is something where in the long term that's going to be worth more hopefully is than, it than some than entertaining of, than fleeting entertainment, I guess. Because if you think yeah. of how quickly we consume everything. Because entertainment is useful for, sure. for a lot of people. Oh, I, you need it. You have to have it. I need entertainment, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I'll need entertainment for this 30-minute period I need to fill or on the yeah. plane or whatever else. And that's very valuable for then. Yeah. But once I land, if I know how to use my camera better forever yeah. now, exactly. then I think it wins... Not because, it, but you know what? I'm one of these guys that's super nostalgic about old media I've watched. So I don't know if I could put a price on my favorite movies from 20 years ago sure. either. Those have stayed with me forever. Sure. But let's be realistic. I'm not going to make a sketch comedy video uh-huh. that's going to stay with you for 20 years. You know? Yeah. So the best thing I can do probably is make a useful video that can maybe help you for the next couple of years. Do something that maybe makes you money. Yeah. And then you can do something with that. Go watch some good Absolutely. movies. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> It seems like you're cranking out content really fast, like pretty regularly. Do you find it difficult to just constantly be thinking of new ideas and obviously editing all these videos that you're posting on your channel? So the workload can be tough. I'm happy that the idea flow hasn't been dried up. There you well, go. We That's can, a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> we can think the these amazing camera companies that are just pushing technology like crazy, like Sony and... Uh, Panasonic, you know, you and I are going to go to this Panasonic event tomorrow. Uh, they're just inventing new stuff like every two, three months. It's True. nuts. So our content has never been higher. Like in terms of, like I, I literally haven't even talked about the Blackmagic 4K camera. I haven't talked about uh, the S1H yet on my yeah. channel. You don't have to look far to find yeah. something to talk you about. Can, and you can just take one brand like uh, we, our friend Jason Vong, he, you know, yeah, of course... Sony. He is a, a fairly unbiased person personally, but his channel is very Sony focused. Um, we had him on this podcast and I asked him about that directly. And he said that his audience is a bunch of Sony shooters. And so anytime he does a review of something else, they get really angry. So he, he's like, okay, I'll just, know your I'll just talk about Sony. Yeah. And uh, so his entire career and channel is one brand. And, you know, so th- we're not hungry for content, but the the problem i've had and i'm sure for you too is just the amount of time that it takes it's a lot of editing sometimes late nights sometimes saying no to social events or whatever um it's a dedication to do this true and i find that i make my job harder when you know if i want to test something i'll need to test it somewhat exhaustively like you said and yeah and then what do you do with all that you gotta find a way to squeeze it in so you gotta you gotta like edit that and like usually i'll actually make a mini video before i make my video and it's like a video of all my test stuff so that i found that's that cool i got this down to three minutes so if i can just incorporate this three minutes into a talking head then i'll show everything because the original footage or even if just photos if mm-hmm. i'm testing i don't know continuous burst rates on a camera yeah i might have taken a thousand or more images and it's like what am i gonna do like tab through on lightroom every single one of the images you know what i mean so <laughs> well, as you can see this one's in focus uh oh man that one's out uh, but there's something to it because yeah. collectively they show a keeper rate over 10 sure. different situations or different intervals sure. so if I, okay how can i summarize this so i can show 
maybe yeah. a couple of quick collections and then give some charts showing the the results and then so I kind of have to edit my tests first because I did too many of them but maybe yeah. not too many if you can edit it into a small amount of time then you did the right amount of tests does know? it does it ever get stale doing tests no for you? that's the part that I love and I think hopefully it comes across it does <laughs> that if I didn't love that I don't like you said if you don't love it so you don't do it I don't because no. why would you right you have to be crazy <laughs> uh, so no, I, I do like it. I like testing. I like that that studio that you see in my videos. Yeah. Behind there, there's like a workbench, right? Uh-huh. When I'm not filming, I have cameras on that workbench <laughs> and I tinker with them and test things and I have yeah. like a diorama that I shoot. In fact, we brought a prop. Um, so here, you can yeah, int- so introduce this. This one's a, this one's a just a shutter basically, and because everyone's always talking about shutters, and I, I was originally going to explain this is what a shutter looks like, and there's a little an actual act like actuator on the back that you can yeah you guys can hear it gerald actually took apart the shutter from a, uh, I guess an old camera this was i want to say this was an icon it was the like the was D- it broken already or yeah it, like <laughs> it was uh yeah it, it had a few problems okay. um i want to say we'll go in the market of like d50 d60 maybe uh-huh. d70 like somewhere in that zone so you know pretty early on in the in the yeah. digital camera and so i thought it was a great a great test guinea pig you know i got the sensor for it i've got like all oh, the electronics cool. for it and i have a bin of like all my favorite parts of it but um i don't know it's cool now to it's see like it. a fun little it's cool to see it in person i've um my grandpa or uh, my great uncle actually gave me um an old leica m3 nice from 1964 and when you take the lens off of those old leicas you can see this exact same kind of thing it's just right there yeah um and so i've seen this kind of mechanism before and it's really it didn't really change. They just replaced where the film stock was with a sensor. That's yeah. really all it is. Um, and that's and why it, you can do backs like digital backs on on the Hasselblad. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah. yeah, even I think there are some Kickstarter for Leicas. You could do like a Leica digital back, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. A couple of months ago, uh, you did a Blackmagic Pocket 4K video, right. and you went outside of your studio. You shot some some footage of uh the uh, was it the beach or something yeah or? i went to a nearby beach one of the great yeah. lakes lake huron and uh you got some angry comments on that and uh i think it it was a little bit of a challenge for you can you speak about that and your experience of doing content that you want to do regardless of what the response is and stuff like that yeah so it's tricky because i've usually tried to separate work that I make we'll just call it we'll call it art yeah. you know versus the YouTube videos if I wanted to shoot for the sake of shooting something pretty mm-hmm. I thought it's hard to do that because then it's gonna be like, what camera did you shoot it on what lens did you use why does he use that is this is and then and even so but then I also got a lot of requests of like it'd be nice to see you shoot something and so I thought well I'm gonna be testing the black magic so I'll shoot something and I'll just kind of throw an edit together and what I was shooting was just kind of like a little bit of like our day at the beach but I thought if I upload it to the YouTube channel, I should call it something. Now, I didn't call it like dynamic range test for the black magic or anything like that. I called it uh, first shoot, first shot with the black magic or something like that. Like first shooting I did with black magic. And so part of it was literally just, I was taking shots, like first time using that camera. Yeah. And another, and then when I edited it together, it was like, well, I'll just edit like um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a story of like, you know, showed up, the sun was going down, did a couple different things and shots. And, um, and pretty music and all that yeah stuff. you know and and it was I liked it but a lot of the comments were 
I think like to be you know forgiving of the negative ones they were coming from a place of concern that the dynamic range on the pocket 4k wasn't <laughs> what they were hoping it was or wasn't uh, what it was but like i said i never because of your color grade yeah because i pushed it extreme like to the point to where the the skies were gone like white gone right uh -huh. and so it wasn't the typical silhouette where you bring it down the foreground subject is black and then the background or and then your sky is rich and saturated and not clipped right i uh i just threw it all the way super high contrast because for me it was like you know you, you sometimes you shoot for memories yeah. right so i shot and we we actually graded it together with when julie and i were there we were both there and we graded it based on like what it kind of looked like uh-huh this is a this is a long story and i'm over it but you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the comments were like whoa you know there's no you can't see the sky or whatever you know like that's all blown out and clipped and and i, I was it put me in a position where it's like see this is should i actually be sh making these videos or should i be posting is rather i should should i be posting these videos that is like just stuff that i want to shoot for myself yeah because i feel like the only thing i can post now on my channel would be like I have to shoot maximum, I gotta shoot to the middle, you know, put my middle gray at 38% or whatever on the Sony when using S-Log2 and that's like, otherwise it's yeah. like, the guy didn't expose exactly correct according to the manual, so how do I know if the camera's work, working any good, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, that, that's not, so it's hard. So I, I did do one more recently though, where I did show some like, I didn't make a dedicated upload based on a conversation, but where I did a video for Film Convert uh, Nitrate and yeah. it was just, you know, just like fun shots that were only shot for that purpose. And it was like, this is film convert, right? This uh -huh. is not accurate colors. This is not, this is solely a to look. make your image look a certain way. And yeah. I did a few different film stocks uh -huh. and they all look different. Some of you are like, those greens, whoa, you know, that one's undersaturated. This one's a, but it's like, look, you want to have fun? You want to make a quick fun grade? <laughs> this is what you can do, you know? Yeah. And so I made it more of a tutorial, yeah. no negative comments. Yeah. But if I did the exact same thing and uploaded the video by itself, uh -huh. it's, as, it's as if some people were like, they don't know what film looks like. Instead, they thought yeah. the black magic is supposed to have a lot more dynamic but range. Also, you know? it's the context of your channel too. People subscribe for the thing that they know, which is you introing the video, your face is on the video, there's the tagline, and then we get into the nitty gritty details of blank. Yeah. And by throwing, by doing the video upload just by itself, it not only people are who subscribe to you are probably more tech savvy than the average viewer, obviously, uh, but they're also expecting a certain format. So from what you've learned from that, like, what would you say to somebody who's a YouTuber who does a variety of content? Should they stay super hyper focused? Uh, should they start other channels? You know, what what do you think about all that? You know, for everyone, I've got an example of something where the opposite worked. Sure, but I think maybe just for like general purpose advice, yeah. I mean, make the content that if you want, I guess if you want a channel that makes sense and successful, make the content that. Uh, makes the most sense for the audience that you are trying to you know if you're making a video for yourself and you want you to watch it those types of people then yeah then that's your idea if you're making it to help a certain type of audience and do that i think when you go off course from that that you you know you enter into the, the the trouble zone a little bit quicker and easier yeah making a second channel i mean sure i could do that i could make a second channel that's just kind of like 
Because I think what other people want to do is they want to see like my corporate work or something like that, and those videos I don't care about. <laughs> yeah. You know, because like, like you do that. When I find when I do when I shot the beach, when I was doing it for fun, for me, I actually like that video. Uh-huh. Corporate work I don't care about. You know, it's yeah, whatever. It's some guy's got a gym or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> Not because the videos are no good. It's just it's like it wasn't it wasn't my interest, and that's one of the reasons why I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Uh-huh. Because I found it harder to care. You know. Yeah. And if you don't care that much, then your clients getting ripped off. Yeah. And so, and I'm not saying don't. I'm, if you have to pay your bills, you have to do what you gotta do, yeah, right? But so. f- and I think there's people who do care and they're really into that. And they do a really great job, and those yeah. are the people that should be making your videos. I'm not one exactly. of those people, so for me, I should be making the type of videos that I make, which is yeah, I'll give you the tools because you're passionate about it. You uh-huh. go make those things. The types of things that I shoot for myself. Or either, like I said, kooky videos that you know <laughs> entertain me, yeah. Or they're just like shots that I thought were pretty, and then I usually push them to not something neutral that everybody might like, but uh-huh. something that only people who see the world the way I see it will also think it's pretty. Yeah. Does that belong on a main channel? Probably not. Yeah. Or on my main channel, anyway, for what I do. Yeah. You know? Philip Bloom seems to have a way to make it work. But that's that's what he's done for years, though, right? Yeah. So. The th- like, I like the way that Philip Bloom's stuff looks. So there's people that don't, you know? So yeah. when I watch Philip Bloom, I'm okay with him talking about gear. Yeah. And I'm also okay with him shooting, you know, film-graded stuff of his cats. Yeah. Because I think it's pretty. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's charming or whatever, so I'll watch it. But yeah. maybe somebody else thinks, I don't care about your cats. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the way that film emulation looks. Yeah. So get out of here with those sure. with those black tones and and with those cats. I don't want to see it. Yeah. You know? Also, it makes us sound like uh, old men now. But Philip does come from a different era of the internet where he was mostly on Vimeo first, which has always been like a film kind of community and like a film undertone of like filmmakers and artists. And then YouTube's like where people go to advertise and make money and whatever yeah. uh and so in a way philip i would imagine has probably struggled with like doing stuff on youtube versus his blog and vimeo like this is the new wave of like you have to post every week if you need yeah. to, if you want to make full-time living and he, he puts a lot of hours in his videos too he'll spend a month on yeah. one video i'm sure you know or more uh they're 30 minutes long and they're amazing and every time he posts a great review, I'd sit down and make lunch and like have a Phil Bloom experience. Yeah, like I watch <laughs> the video, um, and there's a lot of kids now. I call them kids, but you know, it's a lot of younger people who are entering the filmmaking community, fresh out of college or high school, and they've never heard of Phil Bloom, and yeah. they're watching you, and they're watching uh, Peter McKinnon and lots of other people that uh, are creating on the internet right now on YouTube. Um, what do you have to say about that? I mean, I know you and I both are big Phil, Philip Bloom fans. Like the kind of culture of what's going on, like we do have to be kind of topical and, you know, at least putting out content every week, right? Is the question, how do I feel about, <laughs> yeah, wh- how, how do I feel about the, the requirements these days? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Just your thoughts on the topic. I mean, do you think... Well, I can empathize with somebody like... Uh, yeah, Philip Bloom, because I've had conversations with about, and he explained like all his other time like requirements, uh-huh. and then I know the type of videos that he makes and how long those take. So it's like, yeah, that's that'd be heavy to think I gotta put this video out and also do it the way he wants to do it, which requires time and everything, you know. Yeah, and that, you seen that recent one he did with the probe and the and the LED lights, and it's uh-huh. like this really like 
mystifying the know, small hd video yeah yeah like, it was really cool and then I, like i can only imagine like you know doing the whole a roll and then putting it on the monitors and then you know moving cameras over. like that's I, I so wish i would have thought of that because i do a lot of shots like that for product stuff and uh -huh. I was like, that's such a good idea and i hate that you know i didn't that think he took it, it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. he didn't tell you i didn't have it i never had it you yeah. know but like he just he thought of it you see an idea something he's like damn but that takes time and i feel like some he might have less time than i do yeah, and he did that, and I didn't. And like I, I had, yeah, yeah. I had more time, and I didn't come up with that, you know. Yeah. So it's like I empathize with it, but when it comes to other generations, where I think there's like two types, you can do that. Like you got to every day make a video every day, kind of like that mass content thing, yeah. which that can work very effectively. Or if you want to put out some, you know, masterpiece once a month or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Josh Yeo is a great example of somebody who. Yeah. You know, he, he actually probably could do more videos if he, you know, but. Um, I wouldn't want to see an everyday video from Josh Yeo. That'd yeah. be a disaster, right? Yeah. So I think it depends on not because, because that's not what you want from that yeah. channel. If you're subscribed yeah. to Josh Yeo, you want to see, like, you want to see his process go the way that it does. Yeah. And even though he could probably fit in more videos, like this isn't my opinion. This, he said this, right? Yeah. That he could fit in more videos than he does. Uh, I would still want them to be make art now videos and not yeah. everyday style videos. Exactly. So I guess you have to find what you care about because yeah. like we just talked about a minute ago if you don't care about it it's going to show yeah right? exactly and what you could say about philip bloom what you could say about joshua from right now is they care about it yeah. well at least they've sold me that they care about it in their videos as a yeah. viewer even if i didn't know anything outside yeah. of that i would watch those videos and i'd be like now this this is a video from somebody who cares yeah but i've also seen casey nice that daily vlogs uh -huh. when when that was when when they were in their prime yeah and at the same time you go like now this it's the exact same thought but about something completely different totally i don't have a thought either way but yeah. don't do the wrong one that you don't uh -huh. like because you think algorithmically or something yeah do the one that you're going to do a video that absolutely a viewer goes now that's a person who cares about their refrigerators or whatever yeah. you know what I mean? like that's, that's what you want to <laughs> exactly I, at least i admire that when you see yeah. a work that you go wow even if it's something that's why i said it's a big compliment when you say uh, I don't even care about that, but I watched it, right? It's like hopefully that just it's, it was passion or something that sold yeah, you. Yeah. You like I want to uh -huh. see what this guy's rambling on about, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I don't care what it is. Do it with your all your heart. You know, this is like it. such a moment. You know, like just get out there, kids, and do it with all your heart. Yeah, but, yeah. No, it's true. I um I think hopefully somebody who's listening to this can be inspired by that because uh, I can totally relate. When I first started doing YouTube, I started looking at like where can i make money where can i go viral what are things i can do to to make this blow up and i was like okay kid channel okay cool and so i like developed the superhero concept and like i designed a costume and everything <laughs> i built a set and i went and bought toys and i would like unbox them and like have nerf gun fights as a superhero i did a couple of like um tests i even did a pilot episode with my friends and it came across so did you feel dead inside. I did. <laughs> I felt completely dead inside. I knew that this this is a great idea, a superhero YouTuber for kids. That's a brilliant idea. I know that will work if somebody else did it and yeah. was good at it. That's like what I was just saying. You know, those people who are good at making those like I made a joke about a video about a gym, right? Yeah. There's people out there, we actually know a couple of them, mutually or whatever. Yeah. Who Jevin Dovey does a lot of uh do you know Jevin? Yeah. Yeah, he does a ton of uh 
exercise videos. Yeah, he loves it. You want somebody shooting he's great or whatever. It. You know, you got to get somebody who cares and does it. Or maybe he's like a... It's because he actually goes to the gym. Or a gym person <laughs> who turned like... There's like brotographer or whatever. Yeah. Right? Like, Brotographer's uh, great. Yeah. It's integrated. He in owns brand. a gym. <laughs> exactly. It's like they care. Right? Yeah, of course. I don't care. I, I go to the gym. I like the gym, but I don't want, I don't want to shoot and your gym. I don't care. You know? <laughs> the biggest kind of realization for me was that... Uh, I've heard Gary Vee say this all the time. It's like, you just need to be authentic to who you are and talk about exactly. the things that are authentically you. And I always had a problem with that because I was like, I'm authentically interested in a niche that's really small, camera and tech. Like, So that means I'm never going to be like super famous like True. David Dobrik. You're never going to have millions of subscribers. Yeah. YouTube is a business, uh-huh. but it's a business second. You build the bit. This is my opinion. I'm, I'm not an expert. You build the business around your interest, uh-huh. make it sustainable and do all that kind of stuff, but make sure the interest is there because it won't be sustainable if you're going to hate your life in exactly. six months. Yeah. Oh yeah, you built a business and now you're not doing it anymore. So yeah. who cares, exactly. right? Exactly. So build the business slowly as you develop something that you're passionate about. Yeah. I think that's the key. And exactly. if it happens to be a 2 million subscriber market, yeah. great. If it happens to be a 150,000 subscriber, you can... You can do well on YouTube with 150,000 subscribers. Exactly. It's doable, you know? Absolutely. So. And that's that's what I was getting at is I just kind of, over the last, honestly, year, I've finally have come to the realization, okay, you know what? I'm just going to try to do my best at this one thing that I love, and that's camera and gear tech stuff. And whatever that is, I'll experiment and play, and I'm working on some comedy sketch stuff around our niche which I'm really excited about because I don't see people doing that. So maybe that'll take off. Maybe it won't. If, if it doesn't, I had a blast making it. So who Good. cares? Yeah. Like, so just it always be the one for you, right? Yeah, you exactly. One for, one for you. Exactly. <laughs> What's the one for you for you? <laughs> I, I got to make all those. <laughs> no, 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 that makes it sound like I don't like these videos. The, the, the reality is that I sometimes the topic, you know what? I, I have nothing to complain about. I don't even yeah. I don't even choose the topics. I get a lot of I think like I've cultivated or we've cultivated uh-huh. like the community and I a good community that has a lot of really great suggestions and really great um, things that they're interested in. And because I think that like we go for some higher level that sounds really pretentious, but like you know we're we're really digging into the stuff here. Then people yeah. are like, well, if we're gonna dig into that, here's my list of gripes or whatever. It's like yeah. great, you know, we'll add that to the list. And if and if I see the same one eight times this week or whatever, like okay, yeah. well, we got to get on that, right? <laughs> But I don't hate that. If I hated it, I, I would say thank you for the suggestion and then never touch it. Right? Yeah. So anytime that I've gone on a topic where I say, you guys have been requesting this one, uh-huh. not only did I think it was a good request, but I was but I was like, ooh, that, that'll be good. I want to do that. And, yeah. then, and then I get to that mode I was telling you about before uh-huh. where I'm in my little test zone yeah. and I'm having a good time. Yeah. That's because it wasn't just a good suggestion. It was a fun suggestion, I guess, or a suggestion I'm passionate about. Yeah. So I don't have anything to complain about. The one for me would be the way it's like, this is your idea. Yeah. We're going to do it my way. Yeah. You know? And I hope that that makes sense because you, you suggested it to me, not to somebody else. And so doing it my way is what lets me, like you said, I'm not churning them out every day or anything like that, but putting out, Reasonably, reasonably high volume of videos. Like a decent high, vo- uh, decent volume of videos. Like, uh, two a week, one a week. I try to do two a week. Sometimes yeah. it's not possible, so I end up averaging like one and three quarters a week or something. Uh-huh. Like that. I don't upload the three quarter videos though. You know, yeah, I wait sure. till they're done. Um, <laughs> nice. I think I get in about seven videos a month. Okay. Is how it works out, and that's I can as a solo everything. Uh-huh. I can I can swing that. 
yeah anymore and it starts to get like pretty stressful any less and i feel like maybe i'm being a little lazy yeah so seven videos a month is like that sweet spot and most of them are ones that i've been like excited for for a little while uh -huh. but it's just you know, I have a list. Sometimes you got to bump ones up based on release date or based on sure. priority, or maybe there's like something where something comes out yeah. while you're working on another exactly. one and you have to do an update video or whatever. So, but by God, that's like, oh yeah, we're going to get that one done. You know, that one's going to get done. And yeah. I'm usually like pretty, and pretty you're, um One thing that you do that I noticed is you'll do a live stream when something drops out of nowhere, yeah. which is a great way to hack the speed of the, of the information is to just print out a document with the information of the released product do a live stream then you don't have to edit you don't have to you know deal with the process of shooting and editing it's just you know what live. Else is great about live streams again relying on that community yeah is that sometimes yeah we'll do a, like press release let's talk about that because i'm not a i don't do camera rumors and i don't do let's uh make a video on an announcement yeah i don't generally do that if i have the camera and i'm like hey guys check this out i might do a small little video on that but i'm not going to do a video on an announcement so the stream is a good way to bridge that gap, like you said. Yeah. But the other thing I like it for is that when something is coming, not a rumor, but it is coming, uh -huh. and we know that, or the whatever camera is going to release on well, the, the 23rd, S Yeah, right? so the Panasonic S1H, we know it's coming out. It was released at Cinegear. You did a live stream. I watched it. Correct. Yeah. Now, I don't have that camera, yeah. but let's say that I was getting that camera shipped to me next Friday, right? Uh -huh. I might do a live stream and say, so I'm getting that camera next Friday. Uh -huh. Here's some thoughts I had. The you know what do you guys think? The comments will fill up with like I want to know if it has this. I want to know if it has that. Whatever. And so then I get that criteria that I was uh -huh. talking about before. I'm like, okay, well I'm gonna write all these things down. And then when I grab that camera, because sometimes you only have a limited time. Yeah. Sure. So now what are you gonna do in the limited time? Well, I heard what yeah. people care about. Because maybe what I mean, I'm always gonna do what I care about. Yeah. But but if you like, well I've got some time for some some sure. more questions too. It's like yeah. let's let's dive into what people are asking. And it's always great. To and have. live streams are great for that. I find you get a different kind of vibe from a uh -huh. live stream. So people will be like, just like you know, lay it out a little differently. It's more conversational. Yeah. So it's as close as you can get to, you know. Having if, a conversation. If we were here playing with the camera together, yeah, exactly. It's it's close as we can get to that. So it's totally. good for building out that criteria for tests. Do too. you uh, do you leave your live streams up on your channel, or do you unlist them, or? I leave them up long enough that I think will people have a chance, and then they they go away. They remain unlisted the entire time, though, except for the odd one that uh, where it's like that's it was only twenty minutes and it, and it covered the main points. I think like the S one H one might still be up. I'll post those ones, but if it was like two-hour hangouts like Q&A kind of things yeah then they'll stay unlisted uh -huh. and they'll stay up like they'll stay existing but unlisted yeah. for about four or five days and then I delete them usually when the next video comes out yeah so it's like that way if people they didn't make the live stream but they actually care or they can comb through the next two it. days and then they're gone because sure I feel like it actually adds a little something where like and then that one's gone now forever yeah so because that was when you hang out with your friends you don't record it yeah you know what i mean so but maybe you missed it because of whatever well you, I, you don't <laughs> so you can we're recording it. this right now true okay that falls in a whole that's, a, that's such an interesting point i was thinking more like if we were just like having no, no. an off-camera type chat you know what i mean like um we wouldn't record that this so. is so meta but it is really weird right but you might tell another friend you'd be like oh i was talking to dave the other day and he mentioned this and that or whatever. Yeah. Like, let's get him on the phone hey dave what was it that you said about whatever you yeah, yeah exactly. that's like being able to rewatch the live stream uh -huh. for a couple of days totally but then we're done and next month when we hang out again we're yeah. going to be talking about new stuff exactly so 
Totally. That's what I try to do live streams. It's like a little, you know, that. hanging out with people. So mm-hmm. do you have Patreon? Do you do Patreon? I do. Do you like it? Is it good? Does Do you make extra money? Is it... Yeah. You know what, though? Like, I'm going to try to approach this topic as, as <laughs> humbly as possible because it's weird. So I find it still weird to talk about those types of things because it's like yeah. it has a slight twinge of charity to it. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? And I find yeah. it difficult because I don't need charity and, and not because of like pride. I just like, you know, your, your money should be spent on what's valuable to you. Uh-huh. I don't need it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like exactly. everybody needs yeah. money, but I don't want to take your money for nothing. But I feel like that's probably because I think of it as taking it for nothing because on Patreon, I don't do anything, but I say that right outright. It's like, I literally made this Patreon page because of endless comments of how do I support you? This is before I had the channel memberships thing. Uh So I made it as a way for people who felt compelled to give money on Patreon. Here is an outlet for it. It's in my description. In no way should you do it if you do like, and you're not going to get anything out of it. It's, uh-huh. it's like I'm not going to post here because I want my stuff to be available to everybody and I want everybody regardless of how much money they have or yeah. how much uh, like you know money that they can give on Patreon I yeah. want them all to have the same yeah. no paywalls so I say that it's like there's no paywalls which means I can't give you anything special on Patreon uh-huh. so if that's not what you're in Patreon for then great you don't need yeah, to, yeah. you don't need to give me money but if you're like you know I just want to throw some money at this guy because it makes me feel better because I have that in my own life where it's like this guy, this person is doing a lot of great stuff. I want to sure. contribute in some way. Then I provided an outlet for that. And then when I got channel memberships to turn those on as well. But you have to make perks for channel memberships. Uh, yeah. So I made like an emoji or whatever. And then I took that same emoji thing that I was required to do. And I uploaded it to Patreon and said, nice. you guys can have this emoji if you want. I don't know what you're going to do with it. But <laughs> I proved still there's yeah. no paywalls. Yeah. Patreon and memberships, they both get the emoji, <laughs> yeah. you know. So Spe- I have it. But. So uh, that's thanks for sharing that. You didn't. Yeah, I appreciate that. I I don't have Patreon. I have a couple friends that do it. Uh, I kind of feel the same way. It's like, I you know we're we're we have to work for a living. So, yeah. you know, please don't think that I need any type of donation. It's just it, the whole thing does feel like you know I'm trying to raise funds to start this thing from scratch. Please help me. It's like, yeah. well, you know, but like then, with Kickstarter, you get the product or whatever. Yeah, I'm not exactly. giving you anything. But I guess. But they are getting. They're getting a sense of like I'm. I'm supporting Gerald. I yeah. love his content. I watch all of his videos. I want to be a part of this together. You know. And I get it. I'm just awkward about that in general. Like even yeah. if somebody, I've had people like just directly PayPal me money with a message. It's like I watched that video and it really really helped me. So here's some money. And uh, it's always it's always like that's so weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> but at the same time, you're yeah. like, wow, that's really 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 nice. It's super generous. And then it's like. Should I even accept this? I don't like, yeah. like it goes in my head a lot. So I just one yeah. of those things where I just just have to deal with it. Some people, maybe you, yeah, you just give it all to charity. You yeah, that, that could be the thing. You don't, don't tell them, but you just like you know you give it all to charity and you're like to actual charity. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But if it makes the other person feel good or Absolutely. that's how they like to do things, then it's almost worse to either not provide the outlet yeah, yeah. or to like. There's nothing worse than it, when you know? when I want to give a gift to somebody and they don't want to accept it. Exactly. It's like, no, ex- I want to buy your lunch. Let me buy your lunch. You know. So it's a tricky line. Yeah. So I just I'm just trying to like do that thing where if you do nothing, uh-huh. that I just kind of like it all works out. I don't know what that attitude yeah. is, but it's like you know it exists. Yeah. Do what you want with it. Sure. There's no I have no <laughs> thoughts on it either way. Uh-huh. The people who do it, that's very generous and that's great. The people that don't, you have uh-huh. your reasons and I don't have an opinion <laughs> on them or any judgment or whatever. <laughs> and I I do have a principle about using that money exclusively for something related to the channel, no matter how small. And uh, there's people that can testify to this, but that 
uh, it's always gone back to the channel in some way, even if it's like, a, you know, a thing for a test or even something for sure. for my like a roll camera that I shoot the videos on. But it'll uh -huh. always go back to the channel. That's in cool. Some way. I like that. Um, there is kind of a meme uh, thing about you that I love on Twitter. If you don't follow Gerald on Twitter, you should. Um, we also have a, a Slack group that we're a part of. And you'll take other people's videos and make <laughs> animated GIFs out of them. Uh, you'll have fun with Caleb and uh, put him in the video somehow. And now he's doing that to you too. Can you talk about some of those fun memes? You know what's... Caleb actually started it. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the GIFs were like a uh, sort of a... I'm pretty sure he started it. And like now I go back and it's because I made a video... I don't know why this, I think this one like kind of like he thought it'd be fun, but I made that video where it was like pronunciations, camera word pronunciations, um, you know, ISO, whatever, that kind of thing, right? And I think that was the one. And then in a video shortly after that, uh, Caleb said ISO, right? And uh -huh. this, keep in mind, my video was a joke, right? It was just kind yeah. of like, I thought it'd be a funny one. And then he wrote on his video, you know, Gerald, I'm, I'm, I'm like an adult male with two kids and I'm this age and I don't have time to be learning new words and how to pronounce them. I'm not going to change or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was this like flash paragraph. Like, yeah, that appeared on the like screen. a frame. Yeah. Like so a you had to frame. pause it. Yeah. And it was, it was like a full on explanation of like, you know, I'm not going to change the way I say things. I'm, I'm, I'm uh -huh. grown up and I've got kids and stuff. I'm not changing how I say, say words. And so I thought that was funny. And then in another video later on, he just kind of like did another flash of just like, you know, some, I don't know if it was like an emoji in Gerald and then because another different word that he said in a different uh -huh. way. So then he did something in a follow-up video. I don't know. It was probably like he did some goofy motion where without sound, it looks absurd. Uh -huh. So it was just like one simple gif like that. And one of the more ones that people thought was really funny was more recently because now it's become a trend like he said he uh he was explaining these like sound blankets that he uses uh -huh. and to lower it he had to go in between the two sound <laughs> it's blankets such a great gift. so you couldn't see him anymore he just kind of like disappeared between sound blankets and then lowered it so it sounded like it was like a magic trick yeah like went in it and the blankets went down and it was like where did caleb go yeah. so he turned it into like a gif of like a guy goes the sound blankets and it lowers and people have been using it to be like you know how i feel at the end of the day yeah or when my upload fails they just like go on the sound blankets so and it just goes reuse down. it that's perfect so now we're just now i just do it just inside joke. Every time I watch one of his videos, if yeah. he does something goofy. Well, you it. did it for one of mine. You took it out. I think I have a text where it says "Yes, ma'am" or something. Yeah, you held up something and said like "Yes, ma'am," and I thought yeah. that's silly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anything so silly. It's I guess it's my little like callback to my absurd kind yeah. of humor. You know, he's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you call yourself? YouTuber, viewer, photographer, videographer, gearhead, artist. Uh, I think on social media I call myself a video makerist. Uh, because <laughs> I like that. to try to avoid any of the names, and then I say tech tester, value nerd. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I guess like I'm a I'm a camera nerd, you know. Yeah. But I'm I'm a I'm a computer nerd is what I am, uh -huh. and uh, I like specifically focused on camera technology. Pretty much right now, yeah. <laughs> it's like if you if you're a camera or a computer nerd or know somebody who is a computer nerd, yeah. And you said to them, "Here's a camera. Tell me about it." That's what I do. You yeah. know, you, you would expect there to be like a vernacular or a uh -huh. formulation to how they talk from their like computer nerd. Yeah, space. you would love Red then because they're basically just computers with a sensor on it. And it, and it's, uh, but surprisingly, over the years, that's like even look at like Sony mirrorless. Yeah. You know, they 
the processors on them are nuts. Exactly. Because they're having to read. Or just you know, the UI. It's like 45 pages of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you got to like program your camera in a way that you would like as complicated as you'd set up the OS <laughs> like when you just got a new laptop or something. Like. So you have such a distinctive look to your videos. I mean, we're kind of getting it here with the purple issue. Um, was that a thought from the very beginning was to kind of tweak your colors to have a distinctive color grade image was, aesthetic yeah. the uh how's it refined over the years it's toned down i think that what you do this is true for any even just basic photo editing you'll go in and this is my advice for somebody who's like new at this uh is you'll go into something and you'll you'll, you'll attack it with an idea and then if you publish that right away whether that's to instagram or if you go to print or something like that you'll probably find that later on you'll look at that and it was too much so if you can give yourself a little bit of time, even if it's the next day or maybe a few hours you come back, you'll probably finally take that slide or whatever and just pull it back down a little bit because you went at it and compared to the vanilla, you really like, oh, that's strong and I like it, right? Yeah. But then you don't have any sort of comparison to where it's too much. So I, I started originally thinking that, you know how everybody was doing that Hollywood split toning? Yeah, the, uh, teal and orange. You got it, right? So it's like, I don't want to do that. But I do want to have, color branding was an idea that I had really early on, that I wanted to have some sort of color attached to my brand because I thought that would help because there wasn't something extremely identifiable just about my name. So what if I had a color and a name? I mean, it would kind of help support each other. That's cool. So purple was what I came up with because purple's awesome. I yeah, I don't like it, you know. Like, Donatello was my favorite Ninja Turtle, so. I, I can really dig that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I love purple. And then I thought, how can I incorporate that into this split toning idea like the teal and orange right yeah so i went in a similar vein you just kind of push them in different directions so i ended up with this purple and you know closer to the yellow but not yellow because that would be a little bit strong so it's kind of like a creamy color you know uh -huh. like a little bit of like a vanilla kind of yellow off-white yeah, looking thing kind of your skin tone basically. skin but like up up done up a little bit right so uh -huh. i would split them that way i put purple in the shadows and then I would neutralize the midtones by pulling them to that sort of opposite end, a little bit between green and yellow with a little bit kind of that creamy color in there. Yeah. And uh, if you look at the history of my Instagram, it was like so strong in the beginning. <laughs> but it was kind of neat. It was almost like everything was monochrome in purple. And I That's was trying cool. to choose things that would make that interesting. Uh -huh. But it made it where all my the shots that have my skin in it, they would be extremely purple, obviously, yeah. right? So when I first started doing the videos to match that, so it'd be thematically similar from Instagram to my video, I would have to really add a lot because obviously photos work differently than video when it yeah. comes to how you want to make a color grade that work. So it's like, how can I make it where it's, it's skin yeah. and you can tell something, but where it's purple. And so I think, I don't want to say that I did it too far, but I did that thing where you're like, well, let's get it in there. Let's get that purple in right away. Yeah. And then over the, you know, year or whatever, since I've been doing that, I just little by little, every time there's a new something I'm testing, I'll take an opportunity to just like tone it down, tone it down. Yeah. And it's gone through the, <laughs> the shades. More, the more bit rate, the more raw you go. Exactly. <laughs> it's gone through the shades of like extreme purple. Yeah. To like now it's pretty subtle, uh, but it's there. Well, if I've been following you for about two years and I remember it being very extreme and uh, it wasn't a turnoff, but it was definitely like, that's kind of weird. What's going on weird. there? Yeah, exactly. yeah it's, it's just so weird. purple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it didn't take away from the content, but you've totally landed at a amazing place. I think anybody who wants to see this can actually 
go look at your videos in list of newest to oldest and scroll down two years, watch that one, and then scroll up and look now, and you can see the progression. That and, contrast would be fun. You'd look at the yeah. old and you'd be like, that was interesting. That was a strange <laughs> choice. Because you're like, now it looks normal. It still it still looks a certain way, but maybe to me it looks normal because that's why. And when I go back, I go, like, yeah. whoa, yeah, I was doing a lot, you know, like yeah. that was a lot. But that's that's everything. So it's that my my whole video is that like slider of life now, and I'm just kind of like, or my I whole channel, I'm just like toning it back a little <laughs> bit as I go. It helps a little bit with um, when you want to tell people about how to get skin tones if you want accurate color. I've been finding okay, maybe I should make sure that for more recent at least when i do those videos yeah if it's like if i'm going to be going to a chart or something or i'm going to be showing people on a vector scope something like that i'll make sure that my grade is color accurate yeah and then throw a little something in the shadows for me sure you know but but <laughs> the old videos they would have been where the skin tones weren't falling perfectly on the skin line they would have been leaning on the magenta side gotcha because there was just too much purple you can only balance out so much before yeah. you know the the tones in your skin obviously they're gonna have some i love the artistic uh just idea of the whole thing though and i commend you for it and i think it's brilliant and i love what you've done because you've totally nailed it like when i think of you i think of i actually right now when i visualize gerald undone i visualize your logo which is a great font that you've used for a while now and then the kind of silhouetted picture of your face with the hair it's like a, a yellow on top of the purple. Like I imagine that logo, which is basically your, your dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I use it in the intro, yeah. That part is what I visualize when I think of you because you've just branded it so well. And the set now that it's toned down a little bit because I use, I use a blue light in the set and I have like Edison bulbs and everything. But I still, I hope that the whole set, because it's dark, when you look at it, it kind of just has that kind of like, maybe not purple necessarily, but sort of a cooler yeah. kind of color just in general. Yeah. And then I usually, you know, have a little bit in my skin, a little bit of light there that it hopefully just gives you that kind of vibe that when you just see my banner, yeah, that it's like a similar, what's funny is that this light's bouncing a little bit hidden. People won't be able to see this side of your face, but that side of your face has that like early, I know. early purple. <laughs> like you can, well, I see can it on, see it on you. And I can also see the shadow of the mic on your face slightly. So, so this is working out well. It's like, yeah. this is, this is the Gerald Undone yeah, skin and, tone. There I mean, right <laughs> here, it's uh you can't see it if you're listening, but I'm holding my hand in front of the light and you got this nice half. Cause we do have this beautiful aperture 120 D here. Uh, that's being blended with your uh, your purple light. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, I think anybody who's listening to this is like, oh man, that's so much. If I'm starting my channel, I wanna I wanna have color. I wanna have a good logo. I wanna have all this. And I would just say, uh, and you could probably attest to this too. It takes time. It takes multiple videos, and that can sometimes uh, stall people. It definitely stalled me when I was first uh, starting out. I wanted to have all these ideas and these things just written out and put together in this package and then I go do it. But then I, I started listening to Gary Vee and I was just like, you know what? I just need to go do it. Actually make it actually go out and make the thing. And there's a great saying, good is better than, you know, good enough is better than not done. You know, I feel like sometimes people can want to perfect everything before they actually execute. And I'd rather just have it be good enough and then learn from that and move forward. At least for me with my YouTube videos that I've done over the last two years, it's always been a struggle of like, okay, I just don't have time anymore. I have to yeah. just upload this and move on and learn from this and go forward. And the more videos you do, the more turnkey it becomes. 
one big thing for me is just having a set of some sort that you can just sit in, turn a light on, turn the camera on and hit record. You don't have to pull your tripod out and then put your light in the right spot. And then, you know, so like you've totally dialed in your set in your, uh, living room. You told me, (laughs) so, um, you know, can you attest to that? Just it's, it's a, it's a progress thing. It takes time. It takes multiple videos. Um, you know, even with the mind that you have now of toning it down, you had to start there to then get to the point where you are now. If you went back two years and said, hey, you need, hey, uh, 2016, Gerald, you need to tone that purple down. Yeah. 2016 why? purple, uh, <laughs> Gerald would be like, why? That's yeah. my look. But you had to go there to arrive to where you are now. Right? You know what it is? It's like, I think there's a corollary between infants, people, and the infancy of a YouTube channel. Kids like to test everything. You know, they got to like, I don't know, run hard into, I don't have kids, but I'm sure they like run into things and <laughs> yeah. lick everything and put everything in their oh, mouth. Oh yes, everything. absolutely. I've That's got a how toddler. they experience the world. I feel yeah. like as a YouTuber, if you don't act like that in the uh-huh. beginning, uh-huh. you don't know anything. So you, you're not going to know what, where to go, what everything does. And so you'll always have this narrower like vantage yeah. where if you can... It, like go out obviously there's things you don't want to do because you get off the platform or it's going to be a problem right so within the realm of the terms of service or whatever you want to call <laughs> it right go out there and experiment and, and go in go in the directions you want to go it'll show you things you don't want to do the thing is we talked about avoiding variety content and i still agree with that so within the realm of branding or whatever right? yeah don't make a whole bunch of different videos because it's going to hurt your channel but if you know what kind of videos you want to make great make those kinds of videos and experiment with your delivery with your color grading with your whatever and you'll be able to see through contrast in the future from both changing perspective and also just having videos to compare what you like better you're basically doing like a perpetual a b test with yourself because i think even if you were an expert colorist and audio like mixer and you know and somehow you were like you know nailing camera moves from behind the camera while being in front of the camera you just, <laughs> you just killed everything on your first video right uh-huh. you might look at it and go that was inefficient or i didn't like this or didn't like that or maybe your script or there's always going to be something that you didn't love yeah and i think that the only way to know that how could you possibly know if you didn't watch your own video when it's done uh-huh. so the advice there basically is just like a kid Go out there and lick everything, yeah. and then uh, you know, watch them back and see which one tasted the best. That's Absolutely. a really strange metaphor. Uh, don't lick anything without its consent. <laughs> That's so true. And uh, you know, with, um, friends of ours, Maddie and uh, Gene, you know, P- Potato Jet, they shoot on the EOS R in 1080p yeah. with the Canon EOS R because, like, yeah, you could shoot on a 4K camera, but. They like the flip screen. They like the Canon color science. They like the autofocus. And it's honestly a lot. The workflow is so much easier when you're dealing with 1080. It's faster. It's quicker. And they've been able to experiment and see that, you know what, 4K, I don't care about 4K. Who cares? And like, and in the case of both of them, uh, you know, it's not like they don't know what 4K looks like or they never used yeah. a camera before. Or they're like, they made a choice. Yeah. In my opinion. I like 4K better. Yeah, I think, me know. too. But it's not like they don't. They, it's not like they, they're. they're they, I can, it, they didn't. It's not like they didn't lick the things. You know, yeah. I mean? like to, to keep that creepy metaphor. Yeah. They actually went out and they tried it all. Exactly. And they settled on. And I can respect what they like. You know? I, I can totally respect what they're doing. And I watch their videos on my iPhone, and I don't even. I can't tell that it's 1080 to be completely frank. Oh sure. So, but 1080, when you, 1080 is like you know the upper echelon for most yeah. screen resolutions. So I mean. 
Well, there's some pretty good stuff there. But. <laughs> so just to wrap this up, uh, and this has been a great conversation. This is your first interview, by the way, like a podcast interview. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Except do, for the weird ones that I do by myself. In my have you ever thought about doing a podcast? That I would host? Yeah, like the Gerald Undone podcast? You know what? It seems fun because I think yeah. interviewing people is cool. And I think that, and I, and I like it. You know, yeah. when you watch like hot ones, you're like, oh, yeah, that would be great. You know? Yeah. But uh, like I said, not yet. Got my hands full. Yeah, you, you got your hands full. But uh, I think it'd be cool. You do a good job. I like, I think. You make it seem uh, like a good time. Oh, so, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. We're just hanging out That's with, right. with cameras. But we're filming it. <laughs> a bunch of weirdos. But uh, <laughs> yeah, to wrap this thing up, like what we've we've covered some great topics. And, you know, again, people who are starting out, uh, but even people who are in the industry um, and can, can relate to you, relate to your interests. What do you have to say to them? What do you, what do you have to say to somebody who comes up to you and says, I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, I like what you like. I want to be doing what you're doing. Just give me, in a nutshell, kind of your advice to somebody who wants to start doing this on the internet. So, I think we covered a few of the key pieces there. I I, I really want to drive home, don't do variety content. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, if you have no goal, then do whatever you want to do. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, if the sure. goal is you want to grow the channel to a, whatever the meaningful size is for you, yeah. then growth is achieved through not variety generally yeah uh pick something doesn't have to be crazy small niche but it has to be narrow enough that people will know what you do like you you do that that's you i remember that you know if yeah. it's all over the place it's not gonna work that's one thing the second thing is again this might not work for all content unless you want to argue that entertainment is that but be useful i think that if you provide some if you provide a value in some way to the yeah. viewers whether that is helpful advice or some sort of useful test or whatever th that applies to us but i think yeah. this applies to any other most other genres as well because you know we talked about vloggers that one of the reasons why i think casey nice did so well is because people took something from his videos that wasn't just entertainment there's a million vloggers you could watch if just entertainment yeah but people took something from that that was like you know that I'm gonna. That's good life advice or something yeah. like. Or that I'm. I'm feeling really jazzed up to like increase my work ethic or something yeah. like that. You know. I'd, I'd say comedy is useful. That's when I think about the trending tab on YouTube. There's a lot of comedy there because people need to laugh. Well, people are using YouTube as their TV. And exactly. what do you watch TV for? Is sitcoms or whatever, right? So yeah. maybe it's not sitcoms on YouTube, but there's the modern version of that. Yeah. So there's a lot so of anyways, ways to be useful. Be useful. But just ask yourself is what I'm making right now, does it serve an actual purpose? Yeah. And if it doesn't, and you can't, like, you really have to try to convince yourself of that, well, maybe, like, somebody who was doing this might find it, okay, you're not doing it, right? <laughs> like, serve a purpose. And, you know, that's always sounds a little bit like, you gotta, you gotta be a, you gotta learn a trade. So I'm not saying that, but like, just yeah. serve a purpose to your viewer. When your viewer finishes that video, what do you want them to think or feel or have gotten, like, gleaned from your video, right? Yeah. And then, achieve that uh -huh. and I try to do that every time I set out a video and sometimes I try to actually say it in the beginning of the video without wasting too much time I love that is this is what we're doing the goal of this is that by the end of this you're going to know this or that or you're going to have a better understanding of this or we're going to compare this because you asked for it uh -huh. so at the end of the video I want them to leave the video saying I understand codex better or yeah. now I know what those numbers mean on an SD card yeah. and they've got that and they can go on the rest of it saying uh -huh. like, I know what this is now, or if not, I know where the answer is and I'll bookmark it and I can go back to it or something. Yeah. It served a purpose. That's what I would recommend doing. That's great. 
We've just been undone, everyone. <laughs> Mr. Gerald Undone, thanks for coming in. It was, an hour. it was a blast. Thank you very much. You can take that purple light home now. No. Okay, it's going to stay there. We'll keep it. <laughs> exactly. It's a nice look. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. Once again, I'm Dave Mays. You can follow me at Dave Mays underscore. And make sure to follow our guest today, Gerald Undone, at Gerald Undone on Twitter. He's very active on Twitter, by the way. If you're a fan of the Golden Hour Podcast, then hit me up and let me know what you thought of this show. And also, please consider sharing this episode with someone who you think would find it helpful or useful. We try to inspire you guys every single week, so make sure to subscribe to the Golden Hour Podcast in your podcast player of choice. And get ready, because every Tuesday, we're posting an episode. That about sums up this episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. Once again, I'm Dave Mays here in the Polar Pro Studio, and we'll see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.